Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. We all know the story of the Good Samaritan. Here's a man walking down a road, and he's beaten up and left for dead by robbers, while many righteous people pass by and take no account of his pitiful condition. Then at last, a Samaritan... One from a rejected place comes by and cares for the beaten man. It's a wonderful story with a valuable moral. But to really understand it, we must know the characters. Who, for example, is the beaten man? And who is the Good Samaritan? If you've always thought that the moral of this story is for us to be kind to our neighbors, you may want to pay particular attention to our program today because we will see this parable in another light. And Francis Ball has joined us for... Fellowship on the Good Samaritan from Luke chapter 10. Welcome to the program, Francis. Thank you very much, Chris. It's always a joy to be with you. Francis, outwardly, it seems like a simple enough story. I'm going to read it here uh, in just a minute. It's only mentioned in the Gospel of Luke, and it's fitting that it does. I think as it's opened up today in the light, we will see it. It will become very clear. This story is maybe the most graphic of all the parables or stories in the Gospel of Luke, portraying Christ as the man-savior and the one who really is ushering in the Jubilee, isn't it? Amen. This is a marvelous story, and I'm afraid uh, it's very misunderstood and not seen through like we'll see it today. Okay, let's read the verses. It's uh, not too long, and it does have a good deal of interest to it, I think. And again, pay attention. The focus today will be to really assign who is who in this story, and that will help us a lot as we open it up. Uh, Beginning at verse 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And he, meaning Jesus, said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God from your whole heart and with your whole soul and with your whole strength and with your whole mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you shall have life. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus, taking up the question, said, A certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who, having both stripped him and beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. And by coincidence, a certain priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. And likewise, also a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the opposite side. But a certain Samaritan who was journeying came upon him, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. And he came to him and bound up his wounds and poured oil and wine on them. And placing him on his own beast, he brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. 
and said, Take care of him, and whatever you spend in addition to this, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three does it seem to you has become a neighbor to him who fell into the hands of the robbers? And he said, The one who showed mercy to him. Well, there's the story, Francis. Uh, Again, it's a story I think most of us are at least somewhat familiar with. We're going to see it in this new light today, aren't we? We will, because I think many of us, like I was too, have heard this story from childhood. And we always took it to mean that we should uh, be a good neighbor, be kind to our neighbors, and so on. But I think we'll see in this message, it's quite another view of what this story really means. We have a very short introductory word that Witness Lee will uh, offer for us. He will put this into another context. Let's go to that now. We all know the parable of a good Samaritan. In this parable, all the things concerning Judaism, concerning the old husband, concerning the law, concerning the priest, concerning the uh, Levites, and concerning the spirit, concerning the divine life, concerning the church, concerning the uh, way to bring people to church, and concerning the blessing the Lord gives to church, and concerning his coming back, and concerning his reward to the church, all are here in this one parable. Hallelujah! <laughs> but I must tell you the truth, when I was young, I didn't know so much. I only knew uh, a good story. Even by that time, didn't know who was this uh, good Samaritan. In John chapter 8, when the Pharisees talked to the Lord Jesus, they considered him as a Samaritan, possessed by some demon. So uh, at this juncture, the Lord told them, I was the very Samaritan you despised in John chapter 8. Well, Francis, I'm not going to attempt to repeat the long list that he gave uh, of all the items that are uncovered in this uh, seemingly simple story. It was quite amazing. But I think by the time we're through today, most of our listeners will uh, have a glimpse as to how, at least in some measure, uh, a number of these items have been touched. Uh, but let's talk about this first key point, and that is who the Good Samaritan represents. And the traditional teaching, the traditional understanding, as you alluded to a moment ago, is that this is a story to encourage us to be so-called Good Samaritan in our meeting and treating other people. But what are we really seeing here, particularly by this verse in John chapter 8 that he referred to, where he was identified, the Lord himself, as a Samaritan? In John chapter 8, when Jesus was referred to as a Samaritan, he didn't uh, deny that. As a matter of fact, in this account, now he's taking the place of a Samaritan who's coming to love this lawyer. Now, what we see here is this lawyer is really the one who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on his way, he was robbed, beaten, stripped, and left for half dead. And this really shows the condition of all that uh, come under religion's uh, influence to uh, try to do good, to try to be right. This lawyer was looking for someone that he should love. Who is my neighbor that I should love him? But then he justifies himself. So the Lord gives the story about this good Samaritan, and we will see in this story how that good Samaritan is the Lord Jesus himself. So here he is taking the place of a despised one that they identified in John chapter 8. 
But here, he's the one who really comes to care for this beaten one who'd been beaten up by religion and by all the requirements of a religious practice. And this lawyer, uh, I think we should say to clarify, a lawyer in that time is not uh, in the same understanding as we would have today. We're not talking about someone who was trying cases in a court of law. A lawyer there meant he was an expert in the law, the Mosaic law, the law of the Jewish religion. So we're talking about a religious person here. And by implication, his attitude as this uh, dialogue is unfolding is that a a religious person who is somewhat self-righteous and thinks he's well on the way to accomplishing uh, a lot of good things in the name of God. But as you pointed out, the Lord is trying to point out to him, he is the one who has been beaten and stripped and left for dead by religion, isn't he? It's quite a quite an identity. I just am amazed at all these things that are brought out in this particular parable. All the the law, the priest, the uh, lawyer himself, all of these. But I never realized before that the lawyer here is the one who needs a neighbor to love him. It's not someone he could love. Right. He's looking for just what's missing. What one point is missing that I could inherit eternal life? Hmm. So he said, who, who is my neighbor then? Right. And he didn't realize that he's the beaten one. He needs a neighbor to love him. And this despised Samaritan is the one who comes by to love the beaten lawyer. And he's talking to him face to face. Face to face. Let's go back to Witness Lee, Francis. He was on the way going from Galilee to Jerusalem. Such a lawyer came. The lawyer was the uh, expert in law. He came to test the man's savior and ask him what should he do that he may inherit the eternal life. He asked about this and the Lord checked with him what the law said. Then he was still so proud, so self-justified. He asked the Lord, who is my neighbor that I may love? The Lord answered him, showing him he doesn't need a neighbor for him to love, but he needs a neighbor to love him because he's unable to love. He needs one to love him. He doesn't need a neighbor to love, but he needs a loving neighbor to love him. And this neighbor was the good Samaritan, referring to the man-savior himself. Well, Francis, uh, I think now at least some of the identities here that we pointed out in the opening are being uh, cleared up. We've seen the Lord Jesus himself is really the good Samaritan. The beaten one is this lawyer, this uh, self-righteous. Actually, if we go into the context, most likely he was a Pharisee. The lawyers then were scribes among the Pharisees. So let's talk now about the robbers and the beating and the stripping. Uh, How do we account for that? Well, I think uh, we can tell from our experience and from what we know about what religion requires of man to know who is the one beaten as the lawyer and who beats him. It's religion and all the moral requirements that people put on a person to make him uh, be what they think he should be. Right. And this is the case in this man. 
You know, he's trying to justify himself, saying that I just lack one thing about all these things that uh, are required to enter into life, and I don't know who my neighbor is. If I knew who it was, I would love him. But when he gets on his way down, by the way, he's going down from Jerusalem. Jerusalem means a foundation of peace, and he's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jericho is a city of curse. So that's just what happened to man. He's left the foundation of peace, and he's gone down, down, down toward a city of curse. And in that going down, he's uh, seeking for a way to to get rescued. Mm-hmm. But instead, the one that we think would rescue him turns out to be the religion that he's and all the moral things he's trying to keep. And he thinks it's just this one thing left. But that very requirement that religion puts on it is the robber, which beats him up and leaves him half dead and strips him of what whatever good he might have just to show how helpless he really is. This is a case of religion uh, defeating and destroying and leaving man half dead when he's trying to do what's right. So in a very real sense, all of us are this beaten, beat down, stripped and half-dead one, aren't we? We've all suffered the effects, if not a formal religion, if some kind of uh, person, maybe family member, who knows, or just the self-imposed uh, beating that is so frequent, I think, among most people, uh, yeah. when we don't measure up to either our standard or someone else's. And we're all in this condition from time to time, That's aren't right. we? We beat ourselves up <laughs> with just the uh, idea that we have to be a certain kind of person and try to justify when we're not, or try to make ourselves better, this is a beating that we suffer under our own religious concept. So rather than us taking this story as a, an exhortation for us to be kind to others, the real point is we need to find one who is willing to love and care for us, right? We need the Good Samaritan. Stop and pour in the oil and the wine. Francis, let's go back to Witness Lee. I'm uh, really enjoying how this is uh, unfolding for us today. A certain man was going down, you see the word down, not going up, from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was taking such a falling way, and he fell among robbers. The robbers here, no doubt, are the robbers which are mentioned in John chapter 10, verse 2. You know, all the Pharisees, the Judaizers, the legalistic teachers of Judaism, they were likened to robbers by the Lord Jesus. You know, who was this lawyer? He was the one who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he was among the robbers. He was among the Pharisees who robbed him, leaving him half dead. You know, the lawyer didn't realize this. Actually, he was in such a situation. But a certain Samaritan came down to him. He came down purposely. Of course, he came down from the heaven to the earth where the fallen one was and was moved with compassion. This is the human virtue. You know, when the man Savior came to us, he just poured out his spirit and his divine life and he took care of him. The conclusion of this parable is this. You have to read this carefully. 
the lawyer asked, who is the neighbor that I should love? But he was in a pitiful situation that he couldn't do anything to love others. Even he couldn't do anything for himself. So he need one neighbor to love him. And this one neighbor was the unique neighbor, which was the man savior despised as a Samaritan. Francis, by now I think we're all relating to this story in its proper context and realizing what the Lord has done for us, really becoming the Good Samaritan to us. And the full provision there, pouring in the wine and the oil, his redemption and his divine life. Let's talk also about this other very sweet point, this carrying uh, the wounded one to the inn. It is marvelous, isn't it, Chris? This wonderful one has both the divine attributes of the spirit and the divine life, the eternal life, and also, as we'll see, the blessings that follow. Right. And he has such a human uh, morality. His compassion, his love, his sympathy, and his care are all evident in this story and this particular account. And we just see such a wonderful picture of our own salvation, right. how we were in such a condition, beaten, stripped, half-dead, still trying to do something good and trying to justify ourselves, and ended up in such a condition. Only this wonderful one who has the divine attributes and the human virtues that Jesus has could be to our rescue and be a good neighbor to us. This man now, after he pours in the oil and the wine, he puts him on his own donkey, takes him to the inn, which Brother Lee made clear is the place between the beginning of the journey and the destination of the journey. So this is a wonderful picture of the church. That's where we are after we get saved. We're brought by a lowly means, usually, brought into the church and committed to the church for our safekeeping and for our preservation, for our complete healing, and even our transformation. But here, the Lord, who is the Good Samaritan, pays for his stay and then says, whatever you spend more, when I come back, I will repay. Of course, that's obviously the Lord Jesus saying, take care of him now, and uh, if you have to spend any more on him, I'll reward you. I'll bless you when I come back. This last point about uh, whatever you spend in addition, I will repay when I come back. You and I had the privilege of knowing a, a dear one that the Lord just uh, took recently, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it was very touching to me, all of the testimonies that came out at his funeral and at the gatherings after that uh, with different accounts of that's how this one was. There was nothing he would spare for uh, God's dear ones, God's saints, and there's a reward I know waiting uh, based on that. Wouldn't you agree? I surely would. And all the testimonies about this brother you mentioned who just passed away was a real blessing to the church. Right. And this is part of the Lord's blessing for the church in taking care of the wounded one. Hmm. Let's go back to Witness Lee for our final portion, Francis. In this parable, you could find out some human virtues, and you could find out also some divine attributes. What are the divine attributes? To give the spirit, and to give the divine life, and to give the blessing, and to repay the church. All these are divine attributes. Now, what are the human virtues? Well, the human virtues, compassion, love, 
good care. These are the human virtues. So in this one case, you could see the man savior's human virtue mingled with his divine attributes. And it's hard for us to draw a line how to divide these two categories because they are all mingled together to be one high standard of morality. You look at that priest. He came and he saw a beautiful man there. He didn't do anything. What was that? That was without any morality. And then how about the Levite? He was the same. But the man savior came and saw this beautiful person and he was moved in his compassion. Then he exercised his morality to the highest. And this morality is the highest point of a mingled life. A life that is mingling of the divine virtues with the human virtues. Well, we all have to be very impressed with this stark contrast we're left with now, the, uh, the morality of the so-called religious characters in this story, the priest and the Levi. Uh, there is no comparison, is there, Francis, between what religion has to offer and the morality that is expressed in this incredible mingling of the divine and human one. The, uh, the contrast here, as you said, is so vast, and yet we see it so clear. Religious people that are so self-righteous, don't have that kind of uh, human virtue that the Lord Jesus exemplified here because they they have a kind of a holier-than-thou attitude and a condemning attitude for anybody that would fall to such an extent and be in such a shape, and they just pass him by on the other side. That impressed me very much. Right, me that too. That both of these religious leaders, the priest and the Levite, uh, saw his condition, and they passed by on the other side, ignored him. But this Samaritan, this despised Samaritan, the Lord Jesus himself with all the human virtues and the divine attributes went to him and bound up his wounds, poured in the oil, which is the spirit, and then uh, poured in the wine, which is the divine life, this eternal life. What a blessing. My, I am very much touched by this story in a fresh way, a way I had really never seen it myself before. Well, I feel like one that was beaten up and left for dead, but uh, has been well cared for today. I feel like the oil and the wine have been poured in, and we've been carried to a place that uh, others will care for us as well. Uh, we feel very blessed today, don't we, Francis? We certainly are. We're very blessed with all this light and this enjoyment. Christ is really a man-savior to us. Well, you uh, are always welcome when you're able to drop by our studios and uh, share a half hour with us and offer your portion. I enjoyed it a lot today. It's always my pleasure, and I'm always blessed by it. Well, we invite you to contact us. We'd love to hear and get your portion as well. We have a toll-free number. We hope you'll take advantage and call us. If uh, no one is available, leave a message, and we'll call you back. You can even leave your number. We would love to get back to you. Our toll-free number, one eight 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 life study that's easy to remember, but I'll give you the numbers as well, 1-888-543-3788. 
Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today. What is the church? The church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism, constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ, who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.